anointed day, guys. Back here live in the studio for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penland, joined on this fabulous Friday, November 12, 2021, by none other than Ben Gorowitz. Ben, you ready to talk about the biggest matchups in the NBA and NFL, or sorry, in NFL and uh, college football this weekend? Let's do it, man. Signed off of work. Best time of the week right here, man. Oh, yeah, guys. Ben was working literally until right about now. So y'all know he's ripping ready to go. It's terrible when you have to spend a Friday working late. So we'll go ahead and get down to it for you guys. So we got a lot of games. Also got a couple extra ones we want to talk about as well that aren't on there. Let's go ahead and get things get things kicked off, though. We're going to start out Saturday. Um, we'll go with a 12 o'clock game that features two ranked teams. Is number eight Oklahoma Sooners on the road down in Waco taking on number 13 Baylor Bears. Baylor's a five-and-a-half-point home dog over under 62-and-a-half. Ben, you got anything in this one? Yeah, I do. Um, and I know that they just lost last week to a TCU team that's not great. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm going to take Baylor in this situation. I think I got it at five-and-a-half. Uh, I took it a little bit earlier today. I like the number here at a home spot for Baylor. This is just one of the, one of the tough uh, – this is the first stop for Oklahoma on the tough road here in the last three games. Um, because in order they have at Baylor this week, then Iowa State at home, and then at Oklahoma State. I think this is a nice spot for Baylor. Uh, plus five and a half at home. I'm riding with the Baylor Bears. Ben, so I actually got lucky. I had not placed the bet yet on this game. I just logged on to place it, and I have a six popping up. So I'm going to eat up that plus six here with Baylor. Look, I've been the biggest Oklahoma advocate between the two of us and on this podcast all season long, been backing Oklahoma. I'm going to agree, though. When have we seen them actually play a decent competition? Baylor was caught looking ahead to this game last week. Baylor is a stout defense, good run game. They should be able to move the ball on Oklahoma. I mean, I want to see Oklahoma play a real challenge. It's their first real test on the schedule. I know everyone's scared because it's Lincoln Riley off bye week. Maybe Oklahoma's not that good. Let's find out here and see if this team's legit. I mean, there's a reason why they're ranked number eight in the college football playoffs. Let's let them give us a reason catching six points at home. Here's a lot of points. Look, I think even if Oklahoma wins this game, it's going to be a tight game. I think five and a half, six points, a lot of points to get in a tight game in a, in a, a game that has been close, you know, after the last couple of years. I think we get a cover here from Baylor. I wouldn't be shocked though to see Oklahoma pull out some late magic by three. It seems like they've started slow in all their games. Yeah, not only it may have been a look head spot for Baylor last week, it was also the first game after firing Gary Patterson. A lot of pride in that program that Gary Patterson yep. built from the ground up. That program is, is pretty much nothing in, in the time that we've been alive uh, without Gary Patterson. Their interim coach was Jerry Kill, who's a very big name in college football. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember, he had uh, epilepsy issues on the sideline when he was at Minnesota not that long ago. So he wasn't just – I mean, that's a coach who's been a head coach before. You know, interim coaches, they, they, they can win a lot of the times in their first game. NFL, college, I talk to you about that all the time. I like to back interim manager, uh, interim coaches when it's their first week. So TCU is not an easy, not the easiest place to play. Uh, so Baylor may have gotten caught looking ahead a little bit, but they'll be ready for this game. Yeah, hey, I love that. Love that point you bring up there as well, Ben. That's another good thing to add on here. Um, another game we got to talk about here. We went heavy this week on college football, guys. This is where all the best games are at. NFL is a very weird week this week. Um, we got number one in the nation, 9-0, and Georgia Bulldogs on the road. They're traveling to Nayland Stadium to take off the Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee's a 20-point home dog over-under set at 56. I'll go first on this one. Ben, do you have any plays on this one? No, this will be a forced pick on the pod. It won't be on my card. 
Okay, perfect. So, yeah, I didn't play this one either. I was very, very close to. Look, I'm going to say this on the side. First of all, I'm going to say this, actually. We haven't even seen this Georgia team go up against an offense that runs a true spread. They can throw the ball around the yard in the way that Tennessee can. Tennessee's offense can move the football. They can really throw it. I feel like with the spread offense and Josh Heupel's high-powered offense, this is the first like real high-powered offense Georgia's seen. I'm interested to see how they match up with them. With all that being said, Georgia hasn't given up many points at all this season. I think Tennessee could be the first team to put a 20-burger on them. I mean, this defense has been damn good, but there's a likelihood here that Tennessee can come out and really play. Tennessee's played well at home as they've played teams close. I think Georgia's offense as well can get their own. I would say over 56. This is literally the play that I barely passed on. And I just feel like Georgia's offense is going to be able to move the ball. I mean, Kentucky couldn't do anything on offense all season long. It looks like, I mean, Will Levis definitely did not look like what we thought he would week in and week out. He balled out last week. Now, Tennessee's not going to give up the big plays, but you're going to be able to move the ball on them. I think Georgia moves the ball here fine. I'd say the final score of this game will end up being like 49-21. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I got a couple stats on this game. Um, kind of goes both ways. So, Georgia, obviously, they have the number one defense in the country. The offenses they face, the best offense they face as of right now is Arkansas, who's ranked 36th in the country. Um, but that's the second best. But that's really skewed, too, you know, from the Ole Miss game. Like, I feel like that Ole Miss game really helps give them a little extra on right. the number. And the second best is, is Mizzou with 44th. And Tennessee's offense ranks 15th. Uh, overall in the country right now. I mean, you know, it goes both ways. Tennessee, the best defense they've currently played. Uh, Pittsburgh. No, I'm sorry, Bama, 25th. Um, We've seen people be able to move the ball at Bama. Other than Alabama, the second best is Pittsburgh at 45. So, you know, big difference facing Georgia compared to those teams. Yeah. Big difference for Georgia defense. It's just which way, what's it going to swing? I, I think Tennessee, if they get the ball first, I think they have to score on drive one. I really do. Whether I it's a field goal or a touchdown, you got to get points. Keep the crowd in it as mm-hmm. long as you can. Um, and hopefully when this game eventually gets kind of ugly for Georgia, hopefully Tennessee fans will throw something on the field. <laughs> yeah, you hit the nail on the head there, Ben. I completely forgot Tennessee and Pittsburgh played each other. I'd be one I'd be interested to watch both these teams play each other so- again. Something that's extremely valuable in this game to watch is Tennessee's pace of play. The number two in the country behind Ole Miss in pace of play. Georgia's got to get set. They got to, uh, you know, Tennessee run no huddle. If you don't substitute on offense, the defense is not allowed to substitute. If I'm Tennessee, if I get a positive first down play, I go and I go and I go. Get those big boys up front tired. You know the linebackers in secondary. I'm sure are well conditioned at Georgia, but Jordan Davis won't be playing every down. Keep him in the game as long as he can to tire him out. I think Tennessee has to do that. And to do that, you got to get first down positive yards. It's the only yep. way to do it. You're not going to get a – obviously, you don't go no huddle off an incomplete pass. If you run the ball up the middle, which they should never do once in this game, but they're going to, you know, if you second and 11, I don't know if you go no huddle there. you got to get positive yards early. Keep So my keys for Tennessee to at least stay in this game, keep it respectable. Positive yards early on downs. First and second down, you've got to get positive yards. Keep the crowd in as long as you can. Those are the keys for Tennessee to keep this thing close. 
Yeah, I agree with all those points. Also, too, Tennessee did have Joe Milton in there some at the beginning of the season. He was absolutely Whoa. garbage. Hidden hookers looked way better in this high-powered offense. They will be missing their top two running backs, but, I mean, they've got the, both the guys sitting behind them. You don't them, run the ball like in Georgia four, anyway. Yeah, they're like four stars, too. So, I mean, it should be all right. Look, I think I think this game will call for a lot of points. I actually think this is like a really underrated card this week of how good the games are going to be in college football. I think this game will be pretty good. I think it'll be a fun one to watch, at least compared to some of these other Georgia games um next game up here it's tough to pick which one we'll do next but you know what i'm gonna get, stay in the sec and get our other sec game up on here this one as well i'm teetering on having an official play it's number 11 texas a&m goes on the road to face number 15 old miss texas a&m two and a half point road favorite over under set at 57 and a half i'll start out on this one i think this is gonna be the final play on my card but i'm going over the 57 and a half in this game this game has moved from 55 and a half to 57 this is one that i kind of looked at the beginning of the week and said that's way too low look i've bet a lot of old miss unders this season but that's because i've been catching 70 and 68 68 right. is like 77 which are just insanely high numbers you look at this one now it's come down in the 50s i mean look this this offense for texas a&m actually has some explosive players and nia smith i mean zach calizada has a big arm this old miss defense is not that great look they have isaiah spiller one of the best running backs in the nation teams have run the ball all over old miss who says texas a&m can't come in here and get theirs they also have played with more pace this year but on the flip side of things you're old miss you're facing it's a high power defense if anything, you want to run your pace and try to keep them out on the field, like you said in the Tennessee game, and tire them out here. I think Ole Miss and Matt Corral, look, if they didn't have so many injuries, I'd be back in Ole Miss on the money line in this game. But I think Ole Miss and Matt Corral come out here and put some points up on the board. I'd say it's going to take at least 40 points to win this one. I think it's going to be a shootout in Oxford this weekend. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I'll keep it short. This line makes me want to take Ole Miss being the dog at home. Therefore, I... I can't do it because I just don't have the full. I love Lane Kiffin. I love his mm-hmm. offensive play calls. I don't love him as a head coach making the the clock management decisions and the, and every other decision. I just like him calling offensive plays. Um, so I can't take Ole Miss because I just don't trust Kiffin in big games at this moment. I'm going to take the over with you. Hey, I love it, Ben. I think that's a pretty strong handicap there. That was like the one game where I looked through all the games at the beginning of the week. That bet stuck out the most to me, so I feel like I have to take it. I believe uh, it's college game day as well. Oh, really? See, I didn't even realize where game day was at. It I figured is. it was for Tennessee, Georgia. No, it's the college game day is going to Oxford. And is this the noon kickoff, which would mean 11 a.m.? No, no, they kick off it. They play at 7, I believe. 7, okay. Yeah, no, they play at 7. It's actually weird. The, the ABC game of the night is Virginia and Notre Dame, which I actually think will be an entertaining game to watch, but I don't have much for that one. Um, next game up here, we're going to go to the Big Ten Clash, number 19, Purdue. They're on the road here facing number four, Ohio State. That's right, guys. Produce yeah. two and oh against top 10 teams. That seems to be where or top five teams. Sorry, that's where they seem to play their best football is spoiler. The spoiler boilers of the season. They're 21 point road dogs over under set at 63 and a half. Ben, I, do you have a play on this one? I don't because the line is just so big, but I think. I think it's a little bit of a rat line. I think a lot of people are going to be on Purdue knowing what they've done this season and kind of in their past. They've already beaten Ohio State in recent years. Keep in mind, they had Ron Delmore on that team, one of the most dynamic players college football has seen the last five, six years. Um, I don't know. I think 21 is a lot of points, so I can't lay that with Ohio State. When I laid that with them against uh, – like two weeks ago, you and I both laid the big Ohio State number, and they barely won. Oh, Penn State. Uh, Penn State. Thank you. Um, I'm not going to lay a big number on Ohio State yet or again, but I wouldn't be shocked if they blow Purdue out. 
Yeah, look, I'm going to agree. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to play the devil's advocate here and go with the dog side. I think Purdue, I think 21's too healthy. Purdue has a damn good defense. I expect a lot them of to points. be in this game. They should be able to move the ball. Look, I actually had a max bet earlier in the year on Purdue against Notre Dame. I sat there and watched that game. Purdue got absolutely hosed by the refs. I mean, they were in that whole game with Notre Dame. Honestly, Notre Dame played well, though, but it was a tight game. I feel like Purdue plays everyone pretty tight. They just they are coming off a huge upset win last week. I just feel like for 21, a lot of good things has to happen Ohio State's way. Ohio State's been a little questionable playing against higher-class opponents. I haven't really seen seen them blow out good teams they kind of blew out the drubs of the big 10 you know those just terrible teams i think purdue could keep it inside the number i just don't really want to play with this one because you know there is still the letdown factor there for purdue there is kind of like you said this easily could be a rat line ohio state could come out here and blow them out of the water i mean it's just a tough spot to figure them both out but i mean if gun to my head i say purdue with the points i'd honestly if if i had to take anything in this game i'd probably lean the over reason for that is because purdue purdue throws the ball some of the most in the country. Uh, they're averaging some of the most pass attempts in the country. If Ohio State gets up early, Purdue is – they don't have to change their game plan. They already like to throw the ball all over the yard. So uh, we've seen Ohio State secondary get a little burned uh, if they don't have that good pass rush. So if I had to take a pick, I'd probably lean the over versus the side in this. Okay. I don't hate that over at all, actually. I was thinking of going the same way as you, so not a bad call yeah. there. Um, not fully last- confident, so I'm not putting it on my card. Yeah, no, I can't blame you at all there. Last game up on here for our actual games we're going to talk about, then we'll give you all each a bet. Ben has done the most research he said for any pick ever, so y'all get ready for that. Um, we got a matchup in the ACC between ranked teams. Number 16, NC State, plays twelve plays number 12, 8-1 Wake Forest here. Wake's a two-point home favorite, over-under set at 66.5. Um, first off, when we get into this one, Wake Forest had their season ruined with an mm-hmm. out-of-conference loss to North Carolina. They scheduled it as an out-of-conference agreement because so Wake the, had already the, met the – Yeah, so the reason is because they're not in the same ACC side. They wanted yeah. to play each other, so they scheduled a game in the conference that it has to be non-conference. It's confusing. But good thing for Wake is they don't have a conference loss. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's tight to win either side of the ACC right now. It's really up to anybody. Um, Look, I'm going to say this about it. I personally love the fact that all the Carolina schools in the ACC try to play each other. I do like that a lot, although Clemson's not playing Wake. But, look, I'm not betting this game because the ACC has been a complete crapshoot and nothing makes sense that happens in this conference ever, which is kind of a theme here of of my pick I'm going to give you all here later. But, look. Wake Forest minus two. We got to feel like they bounce back here at home. They really were in control of that game against North Carolina. They let Wake, they let them back in the game. Then Sam Hartman threw an interception. I expect them to bounce back here at home. But NC State and Devin Leary can put up points. This Wake defense has been questionable. Actually, you know what? Force pick. I'm going to say over here. I've picked a lot of overs here on this podcast. I would say over once again. NC State's or Wake Forest defense is going to give them some points. Look, Florida State moved the ball last week. We turned it over a good bit. I've watched a lot of NC State games. NC State definitely defense does not come to play as much on the road here. I think both teams score a lot of points. I'd say over is the best bet here and not touching it. Yeah, I don't really have anything on this, to be honest with you. Um, It's not a pick on my card. I'm just going to roll with Brandon Walker from Barstool. He's been right on Wake Forest this entire time. He took their win total over. I think it was like over six and a half or seven. He just – this team has a really good chance to start 8-0. They started 8-0, mm-hmm. and then their schedule starts, and he said they're going to end up with three losses. So I'm just going to – my force pick is just going to be NC State plus 2.5. 
Hey, you know, I would say that's not a bad bet, honestly. NC State, in my opinion, was like, what did I say on our ACC podcast? Said outside of Clemson and North Carolina, NC State was the best team in the conference. So, and Leary's an experienced quarterback at this point. He, uh, mm-hmm. he, you know, will he turn the ball over? Sure, occasionally, but it's not a bad turnover. Uh, I guess all turnovers are bad, but you kind of know what I mean. He's going to keep this his game in it. We've seen Leary play really well in big games this year. He, I thought he played outstanding. I thought NC State at the team. Yeah went up to the challenge and they beat Clemson. This is another test for them. I think they'll be ready to go in this game. Yeah. Oh yeah. That one's on primetime and ACC network. Ben theme of the podcast. We're ACC boys this week, baby. Go ahead and give us your uh, game that you've done the most research on. Let's hear it. Yeah. So it's not the game of the year. Nothing like that. Not, not for these two teams, but I'm looking at Syracuse at Louisville. Uh, I took Louisville minus three. So I got one stat that's kind of in a positive direction for Syracuse that I thought I'd share just in case we have Syracuse fans watching. They've covered in seven straight. That's that's pretty impressive either way you look at it, right? Yeah. <laughs> covered in seven straight games. Here's the bad for Syracuse, okay? Syracuse is 0-5 last five ATS in Louisville. When they play in Louisville, last five times they're 0-5 against the spread. Syracuse is 1-6 last seven games against Louisville straight up. Louisville kind of owns them. The favorite in this matchup is 7-0, and the last seven uh, in this matchup, and the home team is 4-1 and in the last five in this matchup. Four wins consecutively for the home team. For those reasons, I'm taking the home team, which is Louisville, and Syracuse is terrible against the spread for whatever reason when they play in Louisville. I'm not the biggest trend guy, but when it's a trend like this, when you're looking at the last eight games, they're 1-7 and playing in Louisville. There's something about Syracuse traveling from New York to Louisville that does not work for them. One in seven last ATS. I'm going to ride that train. Louisville minus three is my pick. Yeah, I'm not touching that game, but I mean, I know there's a lot of sharp money on Syracuse because they like their defense. Malik, uh, Malik um, Cunningham, Cunningham. Did, did bang up his foot last week, but he's still playing. But I mean, I agree with you, Ben. I think Louisville's an underrated team. I think Scott Satterfield's an underrated coach. It's, it's also Lamar Jackson. Um, Jersey retirement night. So congratulations to Lamar. Um, I believe, I think they're unveiling a statue and his Jersey is getting retired in the same night. I think the energy and the crowd will be outstanding. And uh, I, you know, I think Cunningham will, I think he'll come to play with Lamar watching on the side. Absolutely. He's baby Lamar. Um, sorry. I got a little nah. <laughs> plays like Lamar. He's not baby Lamar. Yeah. Fair enough. He's Walmart brand Lamar. There we go. He's not going to the NFL. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, so my game that I'm going to bring up here, which I'm bet Ben, you were shocked that I didn't have. This is one of the games we discuss. It's a rivalry game between two bitter in-state rivals in the ACC. And no, it's not the one we just talked about, but it is my Florida State Seminoles close to the Miami Hurricanes at home. Florida State's a two and a half point home dog. The public is on Miami 93%. Look, ever since they made the change to Van Dyke, they've had the fourth ranked offense in all of college football. Now I'm going to say this. Does that save Manny Diaz's job? I think Manny Diaz has another year just because they don't want to pay that buyout. They invested too much money in him. I think they'll give him one, I think they'll give him one more try. And you know, I think Manny's earned the ability to have one more try at least. 
But I'm going to say this, man. This Miami defense is horrible against the run. It ranks in the bottom of college football against stopping the run. Florida State has played inspired football with Mike Norvell. We didn't give up after we got our ass kicked back-to-back weeks by Jacksonville State and as shameful as to say in Wake Forest back-to-back. We didn't give up. We kept playing hard. You know, we had that tough L at the end of the game against Clemson, and we gave gave um, all we had to NC State last week, and that's without Jordan Travis as there was the flu going through it through Tallahassee. We were missing 10 starters last week and we still gave them a run for their money even though they end up winning the game jordan travis has posted three times on instagram this week saying how hyped up he is to play miami and how he's ready to go i think miami's gonna walk into i mean this this rivalry is always close even the last year we had jimbo when we sucked miami was ranked number five in the nation they were in the final four at one point in time florida state lost to miami on a braxton barrios basically hail mary catch at the end of the game I don't see him on the sidelines anymore. I don't see this happening for Miami, man. I don't think shit's sweet. They're going to come in Tallahassee. We're going to give them a run for their money. Jordan Travis is going to run all over them and have a massive game. I think Florida State's trying to make a massive push here to get bowl eligible, win these last three games. I'm seeing it, man. I see. I say. I say the Knowles win a high-scoring game. This will be a fun one to watch. I say Knowles win this one 38-35. Are you, are you taking money line? Or are you taking the spread? I always take the spread just because I've been yeah. saved too many times. But I mean, money line spread plus two and a half, send it. Yeah. I actually have an interesting kind of nugget on this game. So we listen, whether I don't ever believe a coach when he says he tries to get his players off social media, you can try all you want. The players are on the internet, they hear some stuff. A little bit of a deflating moment, I think, coming into this game for Miami because if Pitt lost uh, Thursday night, that means Miami was in the driver's seat to if they went out, they would have gone to the ACC championship. Yep. Pitt wins in overtime in thrilling fashion, keeps Pittsburgh ahead of them. I'll guarantee that some Miami players know that they could win out and it's still not good enough. I think if Pitt loses that game, I think Miami comes out with a lot of energy. They, listen, you want to go to the ACC championship. No matter, no matter what your year is looking like, to go to your conference championship is an accomplishment. At least to me, it is in my eyes. It's not in Miami's hands at this point until Pitt loses. A little bit of a deflating moment, in my opinion. No, I agree with you completely on that. ACC coastal side is going to come down to uh, UVA versus Pittsburgh next week. So I expect Virginia not to play Armstrong as well versus Notre Dame for that reason. Anything else on college football before we go to uh, before we get to this NFL action? No, I'm good, man. All right, guys, let's take it over to NFL. Look, I'm not going to lie, guys. Oh, Penn State. You want to? We didn't talk about Penn State, Michigan, real quick. Yeah, I actually do have an official in Penn State, Michigan. I took the first half under in this game. It's supposed to be it's supposed to be wet, rainy, possibly snowy, and extremely windy at kickoff. I think both these teams are going to run the ball a ton in the first half, and it's to be a defensive struggle. I actually think they could go over for the full game, as I expect one team to start trying to press and throw the ball a ton in the second half, which could lead to turnovers. I expect a sloppy game, but I'm actually with Ben, who has a side here. Ben, tell him why you like a certain side in this game. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm taking Penn State. I haven't officially taken yet. I mean, my reasoning is, I mean, Harbaugh in a big game hasn't really been too kind to him in his career. So I guess it's kind of another trend pick. I know this Michigan team might be the best team he's had, uh, you know, certainly the best record he's had up until this week, if I had to guess, uh, at his time at Michigan. I don't think Penn State's as bad as as their record might show. I know they lost to Illinois. It's a horrible loss. is, I think Clifford's healthier now than he was a couple of weeks ago, and he's playing. I, I just think Penn State's not as bad as a three-loss team. I don't think Michigan's as great as – I don't think Michigan, first of all, they are not the number five team in the country or whatever they are. I agree. Six, whatever they are, they are not that good. 
Um, I, listen, are, would anyone in the country be shocked if Michigan loses this game? I think the answer is no. I think I'm going to take Penn State. But I'll, just, I'll probably just take the money line. It, I think the spread's like basically a pick of anyway. Yeah, Penn State should never be a home dog, especially to a fraudulent Michigan team. I actually like that pick. It's just not one that's going to make it on my card. Let's go over, though, to NFL. Look, it's not a great week for NFL, yeah. but we still have some good stuff here for you guys. Um, first game on the card here. Once again, we go to the team that plays in Ben's backyard. This game will be on 1, one o'clock. Um, I actually did send a pick in this game prematurely. Kind of not proud of it, but I'm still going to let it ride. Um, this game is the New Orleans Saints on the road playing the Tennessee Titans. The total on this game is at 44 and a half. Tennessee is a three-point favorite. Um, ben, you want to start us off on this one? Yeah, I'm actually not going to have this game on my card. Um, I, I wish I would have done it earlier before the news came out. The news is that Alvin Kamara is doubtful to play. Um, that Tom, that you know, that Penland was just alluding to. So mm-hmm. um, it sounds like Kamara is not going to play. I don't know what the Saints do. Uh, their receivers aren't great. Obviously, they have Mark. I mean, this is the battle of like the oldest running backs, Mark Ingram versus Adrian Peterson. It's like a great matchup if you're talking 2008. <laughs> yeah, no, this could have been well, like actually, a no, 2000... not, not 2008, 2011. I mean, yeah, this could have been a 2011 primetime game right here with these guys on the cover of it. Um, look, I would my my fourth pick. I would I would take the Titans. I mean, whatever the whatever the spread is now at, I take the Titans because I don't think the Saints have anything. No, I agree with you completely. Look, the Titans, the Titans injury report today is an absolute shit show that makes me kind of pissed. I went ahead and took this one, but at the same time, for the points you just said, who are the Saints going to have the ball to? Their wide receivers are terrible. Mark Ingram is washed. I don't see them moving the ball at all in this game. I mean, their freaking quarterback is Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon. Not great. He's horrible. So the Titans QB Ryan Tannehill was not on the practice field in the open portion of Monday of today's practice. A big one to monitor. Mike Vrabel will address the media shortly. Also noted AJ Brown, Julio Jones, David Long, Rashawn Evans, Dane Krushank, um, Greg Mabin, and Tariq Tart were all not seen on the practice field today. That's Look, why I'm taking nothing. A.J. Brown and Julio Jones never practice. I expect one of these guys to play for sure, and I think Tannehill's going to play. Tennessee's going to be able to line the ball up and run it. Also, Tennessee's defense is going to give them nightmares. Maybe we should have bet the under on this one. I took Titans minus three. I got to let it ride, but probably a good under look, honestly. Yeah, I'm not going to take anything. Maybe if Tannehill and A.J. Brown are playing, then I might, you know, on kickoff, I might put it in. But as of now, I'm, I got nothing on my card. Yeah, I think Tannehill is definitely going to play, though. I mean, I'd say it's just more precautions. Like, does he really need to practice? You know, like, the, I think that's what it is. Um, so now the other two games we're going to talk about. Oh, actually, I guess this game isn't even primetime here. But um, the other – I can't believe I didn't put this game on here. I could have sworn I did. But we'll talk about this one real quick, and then we'll go to the other two that I still want to talk about. Um, Seattle Seahawks on the road facing the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers should be back. Green Bay's a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. Seattle, um, they're the over-under set at 49. Ben, you lean anyway in this one. This is a 425 Sunday game. I'm, I'm kind of leaning the over, to be honest with you. With, with, Pat, with uh, Rodgers back, I, I th- you know, Rodgers and Wilson are expected – Wilson will be back. He's already yeah. been cleared. Um, it sounds like Rodgers is going to be back. I, you know, I don't love taking it in Russ's first week back, but at the end of the day, the Packers are still a little beat up on defense. Their defense isn't great. I think Lockett and I think Metcalf can have a big – I think Jair Alexander is still out. Am I wrong on that? Do not know on that one. 
I think if he's out, I'll have to double check who is guarding DK Metcalf or who. Yeah. I just don't know. I mean, I don't think you have great matchups across the board for Lockett and Metcalf without Jair Alexander. If he's out, I think I'm taking the over. Uh, Rogers, I think he, he'll come back and be fine. He only missed one game. You know, Russell Wilson, he missed, he missed a couple weeks. I think he missed three weeks, but I don't know. He, he's that guy that practices a no-huddle drill when he's not playing in a game. I think, I think he'll be just fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, so apparently there still is a small chance Aaron Rodgers could not play but it's looking like he's going to be able to look Seattle's offense still has great DVOA. And that's even with Geno Smith in there. So, I mean, you kind of got to lean on Seattle here. Russell Wilson is back. I mean, they got their weapons back. Everybody's healthy. Seattle should come out here flying. They're off a bye week, I believe. So, I mean, this should be a great spot for Seattle to come in here. It's kind of a, it's kind of a must win for them. Yeah, exactly. It's a must win spot. I mean, Green Bay's probably is sitting fat and happy right now. You know, they're seven and two, all the other teams in their division have struggled through and throughout I'd probably play Seattle three and a half. I'm not touching this one. I actually thought that I had both the primetime games on here, so we'll discuss those two with NFL. And then I I don't really have anything else in NFL. I still haven't decided on my max play yet in NFL. It may end up just being a teaser. I really don't like this week's slate. I don't know if y'all have noticed, but my strategy for NFL has been less bets, more winners. So that's what we're going to stick to once again this week. So our first game in primetime here on Sunday Night Football, we have the Kansas City Chiefs as road favorites against the Raiders of two and a half points over under set at 52. I'll start us out here on this one. Look, guys, I don't know if you all figured out yet what I do every single primetime game, but it's pretty easy. All I do in primetime is if the public is going heavily on one side, you just fade them and take the other side. It has worked for me so much. I've absolutely destroyed primetime football this season, and it's going to work for me once again here. I'm taking the Raiders. Derek Carr has undefeated in primetime. I believe he's 9-0 and when he plays in primetime, so that's night games. I mean, you can't beat that, but also on top of that, I mean, Kansas City looked terrible last week. They were playing against a Packer team that didn't even – that had Jordan Love in there playing quarterback. Defense stepped up, <laughs> but the offense couldn't do anything. Also, if you all remember back to last year, the two games – Kansas City's won one of their big regular season losses, which is the Raiders. That was the first team to beat them, and they struggle with the Raiders. The Raiders have this team's m- number, John Gruden or not. The Raiders haven't given up yet either on the season they're still out here playing hard football still want to win games Derek Carr would never let the team quit on him like that just quite frankly I don't think they would quit on him like that either I think it's a circle with wagons type game for Raiders we're being disrespected at home in primetime football I think the Raiders come out here and beat the Kansas City Chiefs outright I expect a big game on the ground from Josh Jacobs and a big game in the air for Darren Waller yeah I mean you got to take the Raiders in the situation you're right Derek Carr's 9-0-1 against the spread as a home dog in primetime Dude figures out how to win football games at home. Uh, this is an atmosphere where you actually have a great home home field advantage. It'll be nice and loud for Mahomes in that building. Um, you know, two really good pass rushers on the Raiders as well. The thing that I heard that was really interesting is, you know, the defense that everyone claims they figured out how to stop Kansas City, play two high mm-hmm. safeties, you know, take away the deep ball. Then as the field shrinks, as you get closer to the red zone, you take you double team Kelsey and Hill. The Raiders do not play that style, and they're not going to change from their style. They play a one-high safety, but the Raiders are top three in the NFL against deep ball passes, uh, giving them up. So the strategy clearly works. It's worked all season. I don't think you're going to see a lot of two-high safety. I'm hoping – I'll say this. If the Chiefs dominate this game offensively, it's because there's no two-high safety, and for the rest of Mahomes' career, he's going to see two-high safety until he proves he can beat that. I'm with you on the Raiders. Hell yeah. I love that one. We're both on the same side. 
Um, last game, it's on Monday Night Football here. We got the L.A. Rams on the road playing the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco is a four-point home dog. Over under set at 49. 79% of the public on the Rams. Ben, you got to play in this game? As of right now, I don't. Typically, I'll, I wait a little more for the Monday night. I know I know which side you're leaning, but I don't trust that team, that team's offense at all. Um, I'll let, I don't have a pick for now. What's the over under? Uh, 49. For now, I'll take the 49ers with the points. I'll have an – it's not my official play as of now. I'll have an official play eventually. I just don't trust the 49ers offense to say that they're going to move the football. Um, On this Rams team, I don't know where you're going to run the football if you're the 49ers and kind of just throwing it in Jimmy G's hands. He's listening. He's not bad, but he's not great, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I I think Kittle healthy is is a confidence marker for – for Garoppolo, Kittle had a great game um, last week in his, in his return back. Brandon Ayuk had a couple of nice catches. Debo does Debo things. So, I don't know. I think they're going to struggle to run the football. I really do on the Rams. But I know you have a lot to talk about this. So, for now, I'm going to lean the 49ers to the points. I'll have an official pick eventually. Ben, that is my official pick right there. Got to take that. Got to take that unpopular home dog in prime time. And look, I hate it. This is one that I would have picked regardless if this was the cha- if this was the scenario. Look, is Von Miller playing? Uh, I don't know if Von Miller's going to play or not. By all means, they'll let him in there. I love it for even more for the 49ers. Look, this 49ers team, whenever them and the Rams play each other, it seems like whoever the better team is always trips up against the other. In fact, Kyle Shanahan has had Sean McVay's number ever since he's been there at the 49ers. He's only lost to him one time. Or technically he didn't lose, but he didn't cover the spread against him only one time. And look, the, the, now McVay is good off a loss. He does bounce back off a loss typically. They can still bounce back off a loss here, and we can still cover this one. Look, this 49ers team, think about think about what's going around now. Everyone's saying that Kyle Shanahan's not a good coach. Everyone's saying that this team sucks. This team underperforms. Jimmy Garoppolo ain't it. I think they're saying F all that. We have to come out here with our backs against the wall here at 3-5 and five and get a huge win. We can't afford to go 3-6 and six if we want to make the playoffs. We just talked about the Seahawks needing a win. This team needs a win. I think this team is going to be able to run the ball on the Rams, and they're going to be able to get that play-action passing going with that we've seen them be so lethal with. Look, I watched the game last week against against Arizona. Arizona got a bunch of BS penalty calls. Also, too, they he threw Jimmy Garoppolo threw big time passes down the field to D, they're not Debo Samuel to uh, Brandon Ayuk and to um, George Kittle, and both guys fumbled. They fumbled twice in the red zone, and that's how they lost that game last week. It was over before they could even get started. I think they're pissed off about that one, and they come out here against a division division opponent as a home dog and they're gonna be pissed off 49ers have a great defense the defense will show up i think the 49ers come out here and win straight up in a tight game 27 24 on monday night football it's gonna be a hell of a game the thing with shanahan's 49ers teams it's been the same thing every year like they're really talented but then they always get hurt yep and it's like if they just get hurt year after year i mean it i don't know like you can't just keep saying well the coach isn't bad if he continuously has losing records because his team gets hurt every year. I mean, that's got to be part of it. But I don't think he's a bad coach. I'm not saying that. I just yeah. think he's he's a little overhyped. He's not in the McVay category. 
Yeah, I mean, he hasn't performed consistently like McVay has. He made it to one Super Bowl. McVay's made the playoffs many times. You know, I definitely agree, but at the same time, it's not his fault his whole team gets hurt. It's almost like unlucky, you know? That's the way I feel, because whenever Shanahan has everybody in there, he usually gets lucky. Plus, too, I mean, think about it. He's going up against McVay. He's going up against the Cardinals. He's going up against Pete Carroll. And yeah, this tough is, offense. Yeah, it's a hell of a division. Tough I bet, division, I meant. Yeah. yeah, I bet he wishes he could play in the NFC in the NFC uh, South or the NFC East, you know, with the Cowboys and them. If they played there, the 49ers would be 13-3 and in the playoffs every single year i guess now 14 and 3 whatever the new rule is that still feels weird to say that ben any other game you want to bring up here before we get out of here in the falcons game there's actually an interesting matchup apparently kyle pitts and micah parsons were at some camp mm-hmm. and i guess when they were being recruited by colleges or something like that and kyle pitts like i don't know if embarrassed him is the right word kyle pitts says I like made a move off the line of scrimmage and then dumped him what whatever that means i think he just made a nice catch on him and Michael Parsons said, yes, I remember it. I still remember it. I owe Kyle Pitts one. That's, that's not that's good. An inter- that's an interesting uh, caveat. I'll say this for the Falcons real quick. Matt Ryan is like leading oh, the NFL in, in a couple categories the last three weeks. I don't know how, but the offense has been just fine without Calvin Ridley. Um, the Cowboys defense has been worse the last couple weeks. Trayvon Diggs isn't getting an interception every single week. Um, it's that's an interesting, interesting uh, plus nine right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to end up playing the Falcons plus nine. Think about this too. Dan Quinn's their defensive coordinator. Falcons know Dan Quinn's defense. This could be a good spot for us. You know, I, I really think that is kind of a revenge. well. Matt Ryan does different yeah. coaches for the Falcons, but same no, thing. that is that is true. But I feel like you know that we can figure out Dan Quinn's defenses. We've have offensive players that have practiced against it. You know, for a long time. So I think this Falcons team is rolling, games. man. Don't they have uh, oh, wait. Keanu Neal? Yeah, wait, you brought up a great point, though, on a revenge game. This was the game when the Falcons were beating them like 40-something to like 10, and they came back and beat us in the fourth quarter where we blew it last year. You remember that? This they was the game it. where the, Which week? The Falcons. It was like, it was like week three, the first time we did it. We were up. The Falcons were up by over three touchdowns in the fourth quarter and ended up losing the game to them last year. That was that probably the most embarrassing like loss besides losing the Super Bowl the Falcons have ever had. That makes it a double revenge game for the Falcons. You know what makes it worse is the following week the fact that uh, Falcons play the Bucks on Thursday Night Football. All you're going to hear is twenty to three. No, we even let the Patriots even, in. I mean, I'm sorry, the Patriots. Yeah, I think I'm actually going to that game, and let's put it this way: I might throw a Patriots fan off the balcony there. Just, just, just kidding, just kidding. By the way, but well, you, if you don't go to the game, all you're going to hear is twenty eight three on the TV. Uh, trust me, I know. Oh, trust me, but I that's know. all I got. That's all I got. Yeah, actually, I would probably rather go and hear it from the fans and hear it from the announcers the whole time I'm sitting there watching at the house. But once again, Ben, I appreciate you coming on. Hopefully we win some bets this weekend. Yeah, man, thanks for having me on. All right, guys, we appreciate everyone who tuned in. Once again, please gamble responsibly, and we'll talk to everyone again soon.